When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Welcome into the Patriot Nation podcast. As always, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official wagering partner of CLNS Media. And uh, Matt, that's that's about one of the worst games you'll ever see. Yeah, that was awful. And I think, I mean, the it started off kind of nicely too. I know we thought it was going to be a competitive game. You look at the first two, three possessions. It's exactly what it looks like it's going to be. And then just, I mean, a a single snowball turning into an avalanche of bad play after bad play after bad play. And you look up and you're down 28 to three, but you don't have Tom Brady. Um, Just as one of the most disappointing losses of the post Tom Brady era here. One of the most disappointing losses of the Bill Belichick era. Yeah, just embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing from from everyone, from the offense, from the de- and the defense was fine, but like not that good. And again, they you know you can't really blame the offense, the defense solely just because they were on the field the entire game. But you know it, it's just it's really difficult to look at that team and think there's there was zero positive things to come out of that game. Zero. Not one player played well. There was one guy I thought played well. Almost nobody played well. There was no movement on offense whatsoever. The offensive line sucked. Mac Jones was horrendous. The wide receivers all sucked. The running backs both sucked. The whole team sucked. And there was nothing, not one good thing came out of that game. And this is, if you've ever had, if you've ever Right. If you've ever had a, a a burn the tape game, this is a burn the tape game because look, they lost the first two games, but they were competitive in those two games. And and I know you know, Bree doesn't get his feet down, and you know Cole Strange was law, you know was supposedly was short of the line to gain or wh- whatever, right? But they were in those games, right? And they couldn't finish, and and so you know they won in three, and that's the way it is. But at least they showed some fight. This was just embarrassing, dude. The Cowboys just took him to the woodshed, and the Patriots like, thank you, sir. May I have another? It's just like it was embarrassing. Well, and this is one, like, you want this to be a burn-the-tape game, but unfortunately, like, all of the mistakes that we saw are things that we've seen before. I don't know if you can burn the tape because all these guys need to watch it to learn from it. Like, this is... That, that's, I think, what's most frustrating about it is it's all stuff we've seen before. On Wenu, three penalties in a yeah. half... What are we doing? 
Mac Jones trying to do way too much, completely losing his mind with the decisions he is making, not seeing underneath defenders, trying to – we've seen that. Before we saw that last year, we saw that his rookie year. Um, and, I mean, obviously there's the offensive line with, with their inability to do anything, which is a two-year thing here with that. Um, but just it's – and it's I, – I, I, that sequence of plays, too, it, it's just like the adding insult to injury of Christian Gonzalez going down and the next play you're targeting Miles Bryant for a touchdown. And that's one of those where it's like, what are you going to do? You're down to your fifth best corner against one of the best receivers in the league. Of course, that's going to happen. And then your right. defense finally gets a stop and gets off the field after that. And you think, all right, the defense can hang in there. And immediate Matt Jones doesn't feel the pressure, doesn't control the ball, fumble, turns into a touchdown. And we talked about this. I, Dallas is a team that thrives off of turnovers. And this is a game you could not afford to turn the ball over because they will make you pay. This is a game that we knew the Patriots could at least be competitive in as long as they avoided the big negative plays. And they they let one bad play with Miles Bryant giving up a touchdown turn into so much more. Um, and like that's, I, don't know, I, I go back to the the famous Chiefs game in 2014. Belichick talking about how. They mm-hmm. felt decent coming out of the second half because the guys showed fight. I don't even think there's a lack of effort there with the guy. I don't think this is an effort thing. I think it's a little bit of a mental toughness thing, but Dallas is just that much more talented. You can't play with a team. And it's like, there's, there's nothing you can take out of that second half. Where it's like, all right, at least we did this and we can build on it. Hey, our, our receiver made a play, and we feel confident that he can do this thing. Or a defender did this, or what? Maybe Jelani Tavai. We can. He had a couple nice plays. We can take that out as a positive. But we knew he was pretty good already at this point. Yeah. Like it's just I mean, maybe Sean Wade is like an actual playable corner, which unfortunately seems like they're going to need. But like we're that's really stretching for positives coming out of this. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is that and again, Miles Bryant and look, you know. And AJ mentioned it too. Like, I don't know what he's doing playing man to man on, on CD Lamb without any help over the top. That's wild. But, but like, you know, Miles Brown's a good player. He is a good player, but he's not a man to man corner and certainly not against a guy like AJ, uh, like, like CD Lamb. That's just embarrassing. He can't do that. You need to know what that guy is. Now, he works his ass off. He plays hard. And he had that nice, you know, strip, which of course the, the Cowboys recovered. But like, but he's a guy that works his butt off. And does all the little things right that you love to have on the team, which is great. That's your fourth or fifth corner, which is what he is right now. But the problem is your top four corners are all hurt. So, you know, Miles Bryant's now forced into this role where he's playing on one end. And, you know, for goodness sake, Sean Wade, who, thank God, they kept Sean Wade on the active roster to start the season because someone might have claimed him and then they'd be totally screwed at outside corner. And Wade, you know, has looked okay. He hasn't been great, but he's looked okay, better than I thought. And so, you know, I just look, you're in you're in a lot of trouble right now. You know, defensively, nobody's healthy. If you lost Matthew Judon for an extended period of time, you're in serious trouble. And, and listen, I want to see Keon White play more. And I but like that's not the way I wanted it. Not, right? not like, like that's, this. That's, not that's, like that's, this. And it's one of the silver linings coming out of this, I guess, is that you're through the toughest part of the schedule for the whole season. Yeah. Um, it's like if there's 
if you're going to rebound, doing it against a middling Saints team and a middling Raiders team is kind of the way to do it. And we could look up in two weeks here and, oh, they're back at 500. Right. But just that's the injuries. I think we all thought that this Patriots team could be competitive. This Patriots team is not going to be competitive with some of these guys hurt. If if Matt Judon is done for the season, which the way some of those guys were talking, that's what it sounds like. And this is reportedly rumored to be the same injury that Equale is dealing with, which landed him on injured reserve. And I think he's supposed to be done for the year. Um, you're, you're losing your best defensive player. And we don't know the, the severity of the injury to Gonzalez, but it didn't look good. Uh, he got ruled out of the game. Not that it happened pretty fast. He's going to be out for a little bit here. And, you know, Jonathan Jones, week to week, I think we all expect him back next week. Jack Jones, we don't know when he's going to be back. So it's a situation right now where, like, you just – the defense is supposed to be your elite unit here, and you're losing some of your best defenders. So if the offense is going to be – let's say they rebounded. I don't, we, we, we're going to get into the Mac Jones of it all yeah. shortly here at some point. But let's say they can get back to, like – somewhat mediocre at least against bad teams you know you're playing the Saints, you're playing the raiders they'll get you 17 maybe 20 points i don't know if you if you're losing your best guys on defense i don't know how i feel about them holding teams under that now and now it's like all right you're you're down a tier because of losing some of those guys and um i don't know there's only so many good players and if you lose them there's not much you can do right oh and you know to me, what it comes down to, and you said, right, you get the Saints, you get the Raiders, fine. Okay, if you can get the three and, f- you know, what, three and three, hey, good. Well, then you play the Bills and the Dolphins. So you got to think those are going to be two losses. So now you're down to three and five. But here's the stretch, and this is the stretch for me that really matters. Home against the Commanders, the Colts in Germany, at the Giants, home against the Chargers, and at the Steelers. And then you also play at the Broncos on, on Christmas Eve. Those are games that if if they if they're serious about like, hey, we're gonna actually compete, those are games you have to win. You gotta win all those games. Right? You get to win all those games. And, and you know, you can obviously play it differently, right? You can look at it and say, you know, oh well, you know, we're gonna just tank. We're gonna tank and try to get Drake May or Caleb Williams. Which they're not going to get Caleb Williams, but you could tank and try to get Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams. It sounds like Deion Sanders wants Shador to stay in one more year, which is unfortunate because he's a guy I think would be awesome for the Patriots. Um, but you know, I mean, we'll see. But I, I just don't know. I don't know who who the options are for them. I just don't know. You know, no, and, and that's, that's that's really the issue for me, right? <laughs> Yeah, and when there, and we can get into the QB part here if we want to. This is when you include the context, the most disappointing, the worst, the most upsetting performance by Mac Jones so far. I think there's a lot of different ways you can phrase it. I'm still not completely out on him being a guy for this team, but I'm as close to being out as you can get while still not being convinced because it's just you can't. He has not played well enough where you can then live with him having games like this. He's just he's just not that guy. And he's forgot supposed to win with his brain. You cannot be making the decisions that he was making today. You just can't live with it. You can't win games with a, with a quarterback playing like that. 
But one of the issues is the reason he's in this position where he has to make these decisions is because the offensive line is not that good right now. And the receivers aren't that good right now. And we've gone through that ad nauseum. And all right, let's say you get hypothetically the Pats get Caleb Williams. How is he going to look with this team? Are you really going to be that much better next year? You're probably going to be a little bit better, but it's a rookie quarterback and he's going to be going through ups and downs. And you're basically resetting the rebuild then. And it, I mean, it's not. Uh, that, you're, you're starting a whole new timeline then, and you, you got a defense that you think is elite right now, and you, in some ways, almost end up where the Jets were this past offseason, where you feel like you have a win-now defense in an offense that's still kind of figuring it out. And I don't know if a rookie quarterback dropping it into that does anything for you. But you almost have to pick it. If, you're, if this team is that bad that you're in position to pick one of those guys, Mac Jones isn't your guy. Right. right. Uh, well, look, here's here's my my point on it, right? First of all, the defense isn't overrated. Like, I just it's, – it's insane to even utter those words, the defense is overrated. That's wild. They, but, they, they, held, they held Dallas to, like, 23 offensive points today. This is one of the best offenses in football so far this year without their corners one, two, three, and four for right. the majority of it. Uh, and a lot of the – one of those touchdowns happened in garbage time. They The defense played – very, very well today, considering the circumstances, and well enough to make this a competitive game if the offense didn't do what the offense did. Right, and that's that's really what it comes down to is that you know the offense gave up two touchdowns to the to the Cowboys on offense, right, and then Mac had a bad interception as well, which put them in good field position, and they ended up not being not being a touchdown, but still. You know, I just I don't understand how you look at this team and say, oh, the defense is overrated, the defense is a good. Here's my issue with Mac Jones. This is the issue that I have with Mac Jones. We see the same things over and over and over and over again. I'll tell you what, Zach Wilson, I'm watching watching some NFL football. Zach Wilson's had a pretty good first half. Hadn't been perfect, but it looks like he's learning from some of the stupid mistakes that he made. It looks like he's getting the ball out quickly and on time. Now you can say They have better weapons. And Garrett Wilson is a far superior receiver than anything the Patriots have. Anything. However, however, he's throwing to Tyler Conklin, a tight end. Like Alan Lazard, who is meh. Like, like it's it's not as though the Jets' offense is this massive firepower. And their their offensive line is awful. It's the same tier as what New England's got out there. Yep. And so that's... And so, and again, I'm not saying Zach Wilson's is great, but like I'm seeing at least the growth. But the at, the at the end of the day, right? You've seen no growth from Mac Jones, none. You've seen regression for and and listen, I was okay with blaming Maddie P for last year. I was okay with that, right? But you saw no no progression from him whatsoever, and now you're looking at it saying. We're seeing no progression from from him this year either. You try to open the the playbook up a little bit more. In 2021, he was a rookie playing under rookie things that says, hey, first read and second read, that's it. We're not, you're not doing anything. You're not doing nothing. And like, you just, you can't, it, it, it can't happen. It can't happen. And so, you know, we just, we see it over and over and over again for Mac. And at a certain point, it just becomes like, well, what do you want to do? Like, and he may not be the worst quarterback in the league. And I'm not even saying he's the worst quarterback in the league. Right. But like the issue that I have is that 
he just he's not good enough. So there's no reason why you would ever like first of all, you're not gonna pay him. Number one. That's number one. You're never gonna re-sign this guy. And number two, I would rather start the rebuild with a rookie quarterback than than deal with another year of Mac Jones. It just it's not, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and by the way, I know Jeremy, you're very upset right now because Jeremy's talking about how the defense is trash. Bailey Zappi. Let's just put this out. I'm going to put this to bed right now. Bailey Zappi is worse than Mac Jones. He stinks. He stinks. The Patriots cut Bailey Zappi. They cut him. All 31 teams in the NFL had a chance to say, you know what? We like this Bailey Zappi. We're going to make him our backup quarterback. Not our starting quarterback. Just enough to be on our roster as our backup quarterback. Did they Did they do that? No, they did not. They didn't. Because Bailey Zappi stinks. And so... I'm not saying that Mac Jones is this great quarterback. I've just spent the last five minutes saying that Mac Jones stinks and they can't build around him. But I don't want to see Bailey Zappi in there at quarterback because he's not going to make your offense any better. And he hasn't done anything. He's proven nothing. And so that's that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, and I think... I mean, I think you, you're starting Mac Jones the rest of the way, barring injury or something insane. But when it comes to his you know, evaluation for the future... He's out of mulligans. There's no, there's right. no do-overs. It's you gotta, you gotta dig in. And that's after week one. We, I mean, we said Mac Jones, or you said Mac Jones didn't learn. I wouldn't even say that. Like weeks one and two, he learned and he grew and he looked a lot better. And it's these last two weeks. It's the same issues against pressure where he's locking in on stuff pre-snap and trying to yep. do way too much late in the down. In part because he's sometimes not on time with some of his stuff. Um, and it's I said after week one. This has to be the new floor for Mac Jones. This has to be, you know, you can dip below it a little bit every once in a while. But what we saw week one is what you want to see week in and week out from him in terms of delivering the ball on time, being in the structure of the offense, things like that. And we haven't seen that. That's probably his best game of the season so far. He's sunk below that ever since. And that's what's frustrating here. Um, and we'll see how he rebounds. Obviously, he he's rebounded well generally for his career when he makes mistakes. Um, we probably don't see him play this poorly again the rest of the season. And you know what? Maybe this team does bounce back and they find a way to win eight or nine games and they're competitive and Mac Jones plays well. But that still doesn't mean I'm not at least thinking about taking a quarterback in the next draft. And the other thing here, let's say you're not you're not sure where you stand with Max Jones. He does answer the the call here. He does raise his game and all that. You're kind of in a position where the Eagles were a couple of years ago, where they had Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. but maybe you're there in the second round and there's a quarterback that you like and you're not passing on him because you still have Max Jones on that roster. That's where we are right now. And it's it, the thing that's most frustrating to me about the fact that we're even having this conversation right now Dallas is a team that plays man at crazy high rates and they like to rush the passer and all that. This is one of those games where you really think Mac and Bill O'Brien would be on the same page and things would be working offensively because Mac is really good in timing, really good in structure and really good against man defenses. That's where he's done well. That's where his ball placement really stands out. And when there's no complicated zones or anything, it's simple for him to read he could tell which matchups he likes. He can get it to them on time. Right. You did not see that today. He got flustered very quickly. Some of that had to do with receivers not executing things as well as they should have. And trust me, there's a lot of blame to go around there. We can talk about that too. That doesn't excuse some of the stuff that Mac was doing. And 
And that there was a play in there where you got Devontae Parker wide open on a crosser, and Mac Jones is drifting off his back foot, throwing it 10 feet over his head to no man's land. And it's this is a throw he was making three weeks ago. Forget last year, forget a rookie, forget college. He was making that three weeks ago, and he's not doing it now. And yeah, like it's quarterbacks have bad games. Yeah, we saw Tom Brady, you know, have games like that. Mac Jones hasn't done good enough stuff where you can dismiss a game like this uh, and say, hey, he's going to get back to it. Will he? I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, Ed's Ed's talking about, you know, he he has no weapons around him. And look, we can can sit here and make the weapons argument, right, about – we can sit here and and make that weapons argument. Fine. But, like, I don't know. Devontae Parker does okay. Does okay. Right? I'm kind of sick of him, but he does all right. Kendrick Bourne's a pretty good player. Hunter Henry catches everything that's thrown his way. Mike Gusecki's a big target that usually gets open. So, like, he has some pieces around him. And, yeah, they're not, you know, the 2007 Patriots. Obviously. Obviously. But, like, I, I just I just don't understand what we're talking about. Like, you know, it's not – and by the way, he does have a quarterback's coach. The quarterback's coach's name is Bill O'Brien. He's a pretty damn good quarterback's coach. And he works with guys in the offseason too. <laughs> right. So, like, you know, this is the type of stuff where it's like, okay, we can we can be overreactionary, right? But at the end of the day, for me, it comes down to Mac Jones. It doesn't come down to the coaching. It doesn't come down to the to the GM, right? Oh, Bill doesn't surround – it hasn't surrounded him with this guy and doesn't do this and doesn't do it. We can talk about that stuff all we want, but like at the end of the day, he's not getting me done. He's not getting it done, period. He's just not getting it done. And so, so, you know, that's the reason to me where it's like, hey, he's just not the guy. And it's, I, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. I mean, I hope, we, regardless of what happens, we're watching the rest of the season. So from an entertainment perspective right. alone, I'm hoping he figures something out here to make this a little bit easier to watch. It's, I got, and I hate to even invoke his name, but you know, watching Zach Wilson last week, there's a whole lot of plays were like, yeah, guys are covered, but then he's just kind of running around and doing stuff or whatever. And it's like either throw it away or throw it up to one of your receivers in structure of the play somewhat and give him a chance. You know, you got Devontae Parker and Mike Gasicki, guys who are supposed to be jump ball guys. Hunter Henry, who's usually pretty good at boxing people out. A quarterback who's supposed to be very good with ball placement. I'm not saying throw it into coverage constantly, but we got guys who are supposed to win 50-50 balls. If, the, if there's a shot at a 50-50 ball in some of these, that is better than running around for five seconds and throwing it across your body across the field to a guy who's covered that's or, or throw it away. It's got to be one of those, um, right. but give your receivers a chance. I think that's, we saw Devonte Parker catch his first 50, 50 ball of the season from Bailey Zappi there in the second half. And that's a throw. We haven't really seen Mac even attempt all that much this season, except for the one against Xavier and Howard. And it's all right. That's, that's Parker's specialty is that little back shoulder or whatever. Throw it up for him and, and give him a try. And he, the timing was not there. And yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot wrong with this offense. And I, I will say, we're, we're saying a lot of negative things there. I do think Dallas's defense deserves quite a bit of credit for the game that they played today. I thought they, they were aggressive. They rushed the passer well. And 
We've really only seen Mac make mistakes like this when the defense clamps down. Uh, they forced him to go through, and you know they shut down his first guy and his second guy and forced him to to be uncomfortable. They got him out of the pocket. They capitalized on stuff. They're good at that. You know that could have been a, a, a just a regular sack and a, a pass breakup, but it turned into a fumble return for a touchdown and a pick mm-hmm. six. So mm-hmm. Dallas's defense elevated and took things to the next level and. Credit to them for that, uh, because against other defenses, those are just regular kind of neutral plays. And you're living to fight another down, and you take those two touchdowns off the board, and this is a lot more competitive ball game. Right. But yeah, and that I mean, it's we talked we talked about all the, the awful awful stuff. Let's go back to the first two drives real quick. First drive, the offense actually looked really really good and well put together. They schemed stuff up. Guys were getting open. Mac creating head of structure to pop Douglas. Yep. That was an awesome play. You know they, they do the little pass on third and one, which I actually didn't hate because it got Gasicki open in the back of the end zone. Ball goes off his hands. Got to make that catch. That's a touchdown. You're up seven to three, an opening drive touchdown to go take the lead on the road. You got to make that play. Second drive, fourth and one. You know you're in opposing territory. I, if you're gonna run that QB sneak, you got to find a way to get it. You just you got to find a way to get the yards. Um, really disappointing they couldn't get it because you know it's the same same story with this team. Four drives into Dallas territory, three points out of them. Averaging less than a point per drive when they get into Dallas's territory. The worst offense in the NFL averages more than a point per drive. You can't even average that when you when you're in your uh, when you're across midfield. You you have to capitalize better. You have to convert the fourth and ones. You got to make the field goals. You got to catch the ball in the end zone when you get the open looks. Like it's everybody. And I I think Bill was right. This team is not as bad as it played today but they played really poorly in ways that they knew were going to get punished against a team like this and you know i'm sure they're going to clean it up and have better games but they're having too many games like this to be considered anything that's close to good agreed all right let's get we're going to get into the coaching because i know a lot of people are pissed about belichick i don't blame them you're certainly not alone we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Belichick on the coaching staff, but first uh, we got a, a quick word from our sponsors. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com/Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Ages 21 and up in present Massachusetts, hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So before we get into Bill Belichick, uh, Mike Cadlick is reporting that uh, Christian Gonzalez dislocated his shoulder and he's going to have an MRI on Monday. So uh, that's that's tough. That's not good. Um, How long does that take to recover? Because dislocate. So I've seen people like pl- try to play through that 
Um, so I don't know if that means he's going to be back next week or could this be weeks, months? Well, I, I think the big thing with the dislocation is, is there any ligament damage, right? Because if it's just a straight dislocation and it just pops right back in, it's not the end of the world, I don't think. But if it's a dislocation and then you have some sort of tear or ligament damage of any way, even if it's a sprain, um, that is, that's, that's where you're going to see some significant timeout. I don't know if he can play, even if it's just a straight dislocation with nothing else going on. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, I mean, defensive rookie of the month and immediately getting injured. It just kind of feels like the season we're having right now. Um, it's disheartening. I mean, if you, if you had to make a list of the most important players for the Patriots of this season, any list would certainly include Matt Judon, Christian Gonzalez, Jonathan Jones, guys like that would be on there. And I think even you notice the difference with Marcus Jones and Demario Douglas out there as punt returners today. Uh, you're feeling the impacts of all the guys that they lost. And for a team where we knew it was going to be a lot of razor-thin margins this year, you just can't afford to lose as many players and expect to win a lot of games. Gonzalez did not have poor tackling form in that. Like, let's let's be serious. Come on now. I mean, that was just, that was like perfect foolish. tackling form on that. That's foolish. Absolutely foolish. Um, all right, let's get into Bill Belichick because people are pissed about Belichick. I don't blame them. You know, there's a lot of build the GM comments, and um, you know that the game has passed him by. And look at, at the at the end of the day, right? I look at I look at him and I say. He's the greatest coach of all time. And it's I'm sorry, that's unequivocal. There is there's no argument there. He's the greatest coach of all time. So that's just sorry, period. Like end of story. That's the greatest coach of all time. So now I look at it and say, all right, well, okay, how are they playing for him right now? They're not playing very well for him right now. So I look at this and and for me. I look at that game, this game today, okay, and I look at how they played, and they just did not show up. They did not show up. By the way, Andy Reid's not even going to sniff Bill Belichick in in most wins, but that's okay. So, um, but you know, I look at the way they played today, and, and and it was embarrassing. They didn't even show up, and so if Belichick can't get them to show up on a consistent basis and at least be competitive. That's when I start to look at it and say, we have a problem here. They didn't have a problem week one. They didn't have a problem week two. They competed against two extremely good football teams. By the way, the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, are they 4-0? I think they're 4-0. They haven't lost yet. There's a reason they haven't lost yet. The Miami Dolphins lost to the Bills, who are a great team. They also put up 70 points last weekend. They're a really good team, like a really good team. So they played those two really good teams, really difficult, really tough. By the way, the Patriots went in to New York last weekend and won. And we said, well, the Jets and they suck and this and that. Well, I'm sorry. Patrick Mahomes has thrown two really bad interceptions. And right now the game's tied 20 to 20. So, Let's not, like, take away from what they did in the first three games, okay? This was awful. 
putrid, embarrassing. And if this happens consistently over the like over the uh, over the course of the season, next week, <laughs> right? Even next week, if this happens consistently, now we look at it and say, "All right, now it's a problem." Now I'm looking at the coach saying the coach has lost the locker room, and this isn't you know, and this isn't the case, right? And so, um, but it's just that's the hard thing for me. And look, we can talk about the record without Brady. Go ahead. Let's talk about the record without Brady. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The record without Brady is irrelevant. He had Cam Newton, and then he's had Mac Jones, who is flawed. And that and that record without Brady includes the first season he came to New England when he inherited a, a very bad football team that he turned over into a Super Bowl champion in one offseason. Um, so, like, yeah, I don't... Obviously, wins are the, the end-all, be-all, but context matters um, in this. Like, what happened today, this feels very, like, 2009 Patriots to me in a lot of ways. It's just it's the offense, not the defense. And all, all it takes is, you know, Mac Jones learns from this and is good enough to win with. And they draft a receiver next year, and suddenly everything is good again, and it all works out. Like this, these things can change in a hurry. That's what had happened at points with the Patriots because they couldn't draft defensive backs for forever. And then all of a sudden, they found a couple and signed a couple, and we forgot about that. Uh, same things happening with offense right now. They've they've missed on some guys, and yep. you know it it hurts that the two guys they drafted high last year on offense aren't out there. Hopefully, they're there next week. That's going to help you a lot if Cole Strange can return to form and, and Tyquan Thornton can give you anything. They need a field stretcher on offense, and I don't know how good Tyquan Thornton's going to be, but if he's healthy, you got to put him out there and see what you can get out of him. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's not getting it done. Um, that's just I'm kind of I'm kind of over that experiment at this point. It is what it is. I think he seems like a good locker room presence and a good guy and all that. Just doesn't have it on the field right now. Um, so Belichick, the coach, he's the greatest coach of all time, and he lost a bad football game. Every it, Even good football teams lose bad games. I think there's process questions here. I think it's very fair to be critical. I think we all should be critical of what's going on there. I also suspect nobody is more critical right now of, a, of the coaching job than Bill Belichick of himself. Nobody knows what good football looks like more than that guy. And, you know, to go from watching good football that he has coached to this, uh, he, he knows the difference just as well as we do. Uh, and, you know, these are all professionals, so I'm sure are working very hard behind the scenes to correct it. Doesn't mean that, you know, if, if this continues, if they don't win another game. Yeah, heads are going to roll if that happens. But this is one game. Doesn't matter how it happens. It's one loss. Process is bad. It looks ugly. Losses don't really ever look pretty, though. Um, it's always going to hurt. It's always going to be ugly after a loss. So right. we'll see how it looks in a couple weeks. Uh, I think criticism is fair, and this might become a real conversation at some point if things continue to look like this, but we're not closer to that conversation than I thought we'd be, but we're not quite there yet, I don't think. No, and again, to me, this is a, this is an end-of-the-year conversation. This is an end-of-the-year conversation. This is what did it look like this year? What did Belichick get out of his players, right? And listen. I don't know what Taekwon's going to look like this year. Now, I can tell you, at pick 29 last year, I wanted the Patriots to draft George Pickens. And then when they traded up to number 50, I wanted the Patriots to draft George Pickens. And they took Cole Strange and Taekwon Thornton instead. And so 
Was I happy about either of those picks? No, I was not. No, I wasn't. I would have preferred them take Donald Parham in the second round or the third round and, you know, go with George Pickens at 29 and be that, you know, that that's me. Now, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but that was me. Okay. And so I looked at that and I said, well, okay, fine. He made some mistakes. And look, mistakes have been made kind of all over the roster, unfortunately. I thought the 2021 draft class or the 2022 draft class, that was really good. But Jack Jones and Marcus Jones are both hurt. That's a problem. Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, those guys have done nothing. Cole Strange, you know, who knows, right? It's I think it's, in my opinion, I think it's too early to say Cole Strange is a bust. But that's just me. I know, I know people believe that he is. Okay. But at the end of the day, like, I, you know, I look at that and say, all right, fine. You want to criticize those two picks? Great. They've missed on wide receiver. They have. He made the mistake with Jacoby over Juju this year. I agree with that too. Okay. But be careful what you wish for. Just be careful what you wish for. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. Say whatever you want. Throw out whatever statue. Oh, he sucks with Brady and he's this and he's that. Throw out all of that. All of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then see what happens when you fire him. Just see what happens. See what happens. You know what? I almost, this is like one of those things where like, you know, everyone talks about, oh, you know, this guy sucks. and this guy. I, It's like, I almost want the Patriots to fire Bill Belichick just so all of the absolute morons out there can see what it looks like without Belichick. And everyone was in there saying, oh, you know, Robert Kraft, he like, he blew because he fired Belichick. And then it, and then it's just, and then it's just, it's, it's a circular thing, right? Everyone listened to Felger and Maslow too much. And so we blame Belichick for everything. It just is what it is. I mean, that's, you know, that's the way it goes. But I just think it's, I think it's comical when we talk about firing him in, in that context. Again, if this happens all season long, yeah, sure. We can have that conversation at the end of the year. But right now, after week four, after they hung tough with two of the best teams in the NFL and then beat a Jets team that, oh, by the way, is like about to take the lead on on the Chiefs right now. You know, I don't know, man. I I don't know. Well, and it's I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's fair to hold a coach responsible for a team not being disciplined. But also, Mike Onwenu has been in the league for a while. If you don't know the snap counts right now and you're false starting, it's not really on the coaches at this point, unless there was some, you know, specific thing that they mixed up on that, you know, he didn't know and it's the coach's fault or something. No, I mean, that's, you, you got guys making dumb plays. And I think it's also fair to put that on Bill the GM if we kind of want to have that whole thing about having guys to make dumb plays. But the Pats have won Super Bowls with guys with some really undisciplined teams that have, I think the Oh three or the Oh four team was like near the top of the league and, and penalties. Um, it happens. The issue right now, like you, you can have a team that struggles with penalties and is good. You can have a team that has a mediocre offensive line or mediocre weapons and is good. You can have a team that gets really banged up in the secondary and wins the Super Bowl. Shout out the Oh four Pats on that one. Problem is you can't have all of that at the same time and expect to be good. And you can't have all of that at the same time when your quarterback isn't Tom Brady and expect to be good. And that's, you got, you got a whole lot of players on this roster that kind of float in that decent to good range who really don't elevate their games. And that's what we're looking at right now. It's just when any one mistake happens, it makes the whole thing come tumbling down because nobody can get above good. 
Um, and they need those players, and they've been trying to get those players, but all 32 teams are trying to find those players, and it's hard to find. And we've had, like, many of those players for the last two decades. We still have, like, we're, we're trying to replenish that is very, very hard, especially when you're picking middle or, or late parts of the draft. So um, it's frustrating that we don't have them, but it's not like the guys aren't – it's not like they're not trying to build an offense. What, five of their last – six first round picks have been offensive players. They're looking for weapons. They're spending capital. They're just missing the evaluations. And that's concerning. It's, it's, and it's like things like missing on, you know, you miss on Nelson Aguilar because you're buying high on a guy who's always been an inconsistent player and spending way too much money on him. You finally move off, move off of that and you double down and do the same thing with Juju Smith Schuster. That's concerning to me. That is a process thing that I do not like and I think should be criticized. And they shouldn't don't go out and sign the guy again who had one good year. Um, but you know, that's looking ahead to the offseason. For what's right now, play DeMario Douglas more and see if you got something there. Because when they targeted him, it has worked. And, and listen, Keyshawn Booty should be active for every game moving forward. There's no reason why DeMario Douglas and Keyshawn Booty shouldn't be in your starting lineup. There's no reason at this point. right? I, I know you want to write the ship. I know you and want to try Taekwon when he's out. back too. Correct. Well, and, and part of it is that you decided as a team that you wanted to get faster. So you went out and you drafted the most athletic guard, you know, the the third athletic guard in the last 20 years. Right? You drafted the fastest wide receiver in the draft. You drafted the fastest running back in the draft. You went out and drafted one of the most electric return men to ever play college football, right? And, you know, you you had all those things that you drafted. Well, those guys are all hurt. All of those guys are hurt. Cole uh, Pierre Strong is gone. But, but, like, those guys are hurt. And Pierre Strong didn't work out. So, I don't know. Let's see what Cole Strange looked like when he comes back. He hasn't been healthy. He looked bad when he was out there. He was hurt. He got picked up from the game not to get benched because he was hurt. Well, and even even the banged up Cole Strange, it was better than Antonio Moffi has been. And Moffi has tried valiantly. And, you know, you like what you see from him as a rookie. Well, he's a rookie day three guard. That's a developmental guy. He wasn't supposed to be starting all this right here in year one. Uh, but we've gone through all the offensive line stuff, too. I mean, I think that we knew that this team needed to be really good on the offensive line to be successful this year. Well, guess what? Basically, every single player on the offensive line got hurt and missed camp. Yep. We knew that for this defense to be good, especially with McCourty's retirement, that the secondary was going to have to be elite and in, in shutdown. And what happened? Your top four corners get hurt. You can only game plan so much around that. You can only prep so much around that. Um, those are, when it comes to unit and the, the depth that you have in a unit in the NFL, those are probably the two most important positions, and those are the two positions where having one bad player in the lineup consistently can sink you. And they're, they've gotten way too injured at both of those spots. Uh, and that's where, you know, there's a shred of optimism that as they get healthier, hopefully at some point this season, that's going to look better. But the issue right now is, you know, we thought they'd be better than the Saints and the Steelers and the Broncos and teams like that. You can at least – commanders – you're, you can at least coast on those victories, have a nice floor, six, seven, eight wins, and hopefully pick up a couple. Right now, it looks like they're in that tier. And if you're winning 50% of those games or just the home games in that stretch, you're looking at five or six win team right now. And 
that's if this team finishes below the Jets, that's when we start really having conversations about heads rolling. I think if if this team finishes below a Zach Wilson led Jets group, yeah, I agree. And by the way, people are talking about first of all, I don't know what the hell Colin Carroll was talking about this week, but that clown face just threw out to why we are hearing some things. I don't even want to say it on here, but we're hearing some things about Mac Jones in the locker room, bro. If you really had any knowledge of anything, this man has no problem saying the most outrageous and outlandish stuff ever. You're telling me if he had some actual information about anything that he wouldn't be jumping all over it? Of course he would be. He doesn't have any information. He's just throwing a bunch of crap against the wall and trying to make it stick. And oh, by the way, he said if Mac Jones loses this game, he's done. Well, Bill Belichick already named him the starting quarterback next week. So make that one make sense. Colin Coward has no idea what he's talking about. If you're listening to what Colin Coward is saying, you're an idiot. It, wait, let's, let's, let's be honest. You're an idiot if you listen to what Colin Coward's saying. Yeah, and it's like do yourself a favor right now on Twitter or wherever it is you get your sports news. Just like mute the words Colin Coward, mute his account or block his account or whatever. His, his personality – his entire shtick is to say crazy things so people talk about it. There's no none of what he says has to be true for him to say anything. Uh, but he just says crazy stuff. So, you know, if you're gonna follow him or listen to what he says, take it with that grain of salt, or just don't don't take it seriously because he doesn't. He takes he takes getting money seriously. He gets money by getting clicks from people looking at crazy things. Um, so yeah, and that goes for a lot of the other talking heads that are like that. Um, and the, the other thing, for Mac Jones to be done, there has to be somebody else in the building. The coach, let's say, let's, let's say right now that the coaches already know that Mac Jones is not the guy going forward. They feel that way. They also have to think somebody else can be for him to lose his job. Somebody else has to be playing better. And I think the only guy in the building who has a shot at that right now would be Will Greer because they clearly do not like Bailey Zappi. But Will Greer has been there for, what, two weeks? I don't think if he's you know, challenging for a starting job. I think we're all going to be shocked by that when he can't even beat out Bailey Zappi for the backup job right, right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think, I, I think we're all seriously questioning what Mac Jones offers, but he's going to be the start of the rest of the way unless this really continues or Bailey Zappi, you know, shows something or Will Greer shows something or Malik Cunningham has some mid-season figuring out how to play quarterback at the NFL level emergence from the practice squad after playing two series in the preseason or whatever it was. Uh, Matt Jones is probably going to be your guy the rest of the way. And for the Patriots to win ball games, he's going to have to rebound from this and figure out ways to just play better football and make better decisions. 100%. And you know what's funny for me is that people are talking about, about fire Bill Belichick and all this other stuff. And, and look, I understand you're pissed. I don't blame you. But remember when the Patriots let Tom Brady walk out the door? Do you remember when that happened? And Tom Brady sucked in 2019. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest about it. Tom Brady sucked in 2019. He did. He did not play well. They won the Super Bowl in 2018, which is a little bit of a fluke. They had some, they had some things go their way, but hey, they won. Right? Doesn't matter. They won. Tom Brady leaves after 20 after 2019 when he really wasn't that good. And everyone says, how could you let him leave? How, how could you possibly let that guy walk out the door? He's 40-something years old. He's this and he's this and he's this and he's it. 
But now we're going to sit here and say, well, you can't let you have to let Bill Belichick leave because he sucks. Well, wait a second. Where was this about Tom Brady? That that doesn't like that doesn't make any sense to me. And so like and so the and look, I understand the TB12 argument in 2019. I get it. Right. Antonio Brown lost his mind. So you had to cut him. Unfortunately, Josh Gordon can't stay healthy. So you had to let him go. I get it. You know, uh, uh, Gronkowski decided to retire, but late. So the Patriots couldn't do anything about the tight end position. Um, you know, so I, I understand it, right? I get it. Like, I, I, I get what you're, where you're coming from, but at the same time, like for me, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't, I don't understand, right? And and people could say well, he left because of Belichick and left because of this. Tom Brady left because the Patriots weren't good anymore. He left because he saw that they had devoted every single resource that they had into winning. That's what they did. They devoted every single resource into winning as much as they could with Tom Brady. And some of those things didn't pan out. They took the wrong quarter. They took the wrong wrong wide receiver in 2019, right? They ended up with Jacoby Myers, which worked out in, in their favor, of course. But like, it, it's that's that's the hard thing is like you spent all of those resources on Tom Brady, and then when Tom Brady walks out the door after 2019, you say, "Well, all right, here we are, we're rebuilding." And so that's the hard thing for me, right? And someone someone said, which I think is hilarious, when when they when they're bad, it's Bill, but when they're good, it's all Tom. So which I think is hilarious because that's true. That is the truth. What we've gone to now is that. Well, Brady won a Super Bowl in in uh, in Tampa Bay, which, by the way, I know Tampa was terrible the year before he got there. James Winston turned the ball over like thirty eight times, and they still almost made the playoffs. So even a halfway competent quarterback would take that team from a, from a seven win team to a twelve win team. And then, of course, he's Tom Brady, so he leads him to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl. But like. It's not as though Tom Brady was balling out and throwing for 500 yards in every game. Like let's let's be a little let's be a little serious about that. Yeah, you know? he had a little dip, and it's I don't know. It's I think we have a tendency to overreact to one bad game from anybody in this thing too. And you know, it's for them. This is their job, as their profession, and they're gonna sit back and it's one one unit for them. It's one game, and they're gonna sit back and move forward to the next one. And part of being good at this is being able to compartmentalize that, being able to throw away the games that are bad and move forward and build off of whatever good things you can take away from it. Bill Belichick has been as good as anybody in the NFL at doing that. And we've seen that, you know, we've seen bad losses early in the season. We've seen bad losses late in the season. That 2018 team had some of those. Uh it happens even to good teams, and he's always been very good at building and moving forward. So, you know, Bill Belichick's getting older, and I, I think there's questions about his ability to evaluate talent on the offensive side of the ball and build there. But Bill O'Brien's a good coach, and we're four games into this season. So let's see how things look in a couple weeks and check back in on it. A lot of time left for things to go a lot of different directions with this. And other things, it's going to come down to what the crafts want. There's also, there's what all of us want in this. And there's what the crafts want. And what the crafts want is the most important thing here. And they can, they can move on from Bill Belichick for reasons that we don't think are good. And they can keep him for reasons that we don't think are good. Um, so we're going to see what it ends up being. But as of right now, no, I think 
we're, we're not we're not moving on from Bill talk. I think he had a I think he had a bad game. I think the team had a bad game. The other thing with this, we all I mean we've all watched a lot of football here. We all know how you know things go with a game script and teams have strengths and weaknesses. And you're playing a defense like Dallas's that's very aggressive and very opportunistic and very good at pat- rushing the passer. And the one thing you can't do is get behind. You make one mistake and one injury on defense, and then now you're behind and trying to force things, and everything falls into their hands, and things absolutely snowball out of control. And once things have snowballed out of control, I mean, whether it's thirty-eight to three or thirty-one to nothing or forty-one to was it fourteen in Kansas City in twenty fourteen, what the final score is and what that deficit actually looks like, I think is kind of irrelevant. Uh, The game just kind of snowballs out of control, and like I don't. We've seen this from the Cowboys this year. They did it the first two weeks of the season. Once they build that momentum and get up on you, they will absolutely bury you. And we knew the team couldn't afford to get down on them, and they did. It's bad for them to have done that. Uh, They deserve the criticism, Mac Jones in particular. The fact that that happened, you know, puts them in a spot where they can't do some of the other stuff, and they're in a bad spot. So game script-wise against New Orleans, they should be in better shape. Against Las Vegas, they should be in better shape. It's just a matter of whether they're going to have the horses to capitalize. Right. It's true. It's true. Uh, one thing, and I, I just can't help myself, and I'm sorry. Um, where is it? Come on now. There we go. Yes, Bill Belichick never invests in offense. Let's talk about that. Didn't we talk about this? Did we have this conversation already? The the, Patriots we have this conversation like once a week. The Patriots since 2018 had, have invested more draft capital in offensive players than defensive players. They've invested more draft capital. It, let's let me say it again. They've invested more draft capital in offensive players than defensive players. They gave Antonio Brown ten million dollars guaranteed, guaranteed, and then he walked out the door because he lost his mind. They traded for Josh Gordon. They traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. They traded a third round pick for Devontae Parker. They. They signed Nelson Aguilar to a big contract. They signed uh, what's his name to a big contract. Um, Kendrick Bourne to a fairly big contract. They've spent on the offense. DeAndre Hopkins is fixing absolutely nothing about this team. Nothing. Not one thing. Not the, one thing. The issue for the Patriots right now is that they cannot stretch the field at all, and it constricts the offense, and DeAndre Hopkins is not stretching the field. He is a slightly better Devontae Parker at this point in his career, which is valuable, but that doesn't – you're right. It's That is a Band-Aid. You're slightly improving an aspect of the offense that when it comes to guys who can make contested catches, that might actually be one of the things this offense is kind of good at, all things right. considered relative to other teams. So, yeah, they're investing – they're trying. They just keep missing, which is concerning in its own right and deserves criticism. But it isn't like they aren't trying. They have a plan. Like their their plan for this season at wide receiver. They drafted a couple guys who they thought could help out. Swapped out Jacoby Myers for a guy who's supposed to be better with yards after the catch, and had a second round guy who's a speedster who they hoped to take a second another another leap there. Well, second round pick got hurt twice this summer juju smith schuster was a complete miss on their evaluating front so you know there's only so much you can control about that and the offensive line everybody they signed got hurt or sick and missed serious timers on injured reserve right now they got a plan they're trying stuff 
I don't agree with all of it. I think mistake we can all agree mistakes were clearly made, but I don't think you can question the efforts to do it. Right. Also, all those people that commented all summer long about how they spent no money a tackle and they didn't get a tackle and they didn't do ask the Chiefs how how they liked how much money they spent on Jawan Taylor. Just ask them. Ask them how they feel about that about that move because Jawan Taylor has been awful. I mean awful for the Chiefs so far this year. And so, you know, like I I can't imagine the Chiefs are 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 super excited about that. Um, you know, and listen, we can we can make comments about it and we can say they should have taken Jawan Jones instead of instead of uh Jake Andrews. And I got no problem with that. If you want to second guess that, I got no problem with that. Right. But you know, the, the hard thing for me is that like, yeah, it's not it's not always perfect. Teams miss. Teams miss all of the, all the time. Teams miss all the time. This is what happens. You sign guys, you draft guys, some of them hit, some of them don't. The question is, is what does the rest of your team look like? Are they able to overcome those issues? And right now, the Patriots aren't able to overcome those issues because they don't have the they don't have the the talent, I guess, right? Or they don't have the speed or they don't have the health, frankly. Right? Like I just I don't know what to tell you, right? I mean, the how Patriots, much Patriots, how many good players sitting out camp or games or on injured reserve right now? Like it's just football is a war of attrition too. And they I a lot of the the very smart people that I follow on Twitter who really analyze this stuff talk about how kind of when you get to December, if you're trying to figure out who you think your Super Bowl champion is going to be, it's a team that's played well all season and isn't injured. Correct. And it's well, there's only so much yeah. you can do when the guys who are supposed to be good aren't even on the field. And it's, you know, you, you can only scout like injury prone so much. Tyquan Thornton for being skinny really didn't miss much time when he was in college. Cole Strange didn't have injury issues when he was in college. As far as I know, Juju's yeah. had injury issues. And I think that was part of the missed evaluation there. So that, I mean, that, that is a big whiff right now. Again, like we've said, they, they should have gone in other directions. I think there were other players that could have taken, I, the only offensive tackle I think they could have gotten with is Orlando Brown. Uh, I think that could have been, he's played well. I think that could have been a better addition there at right tackle. But yeah. like Calvin Anderson getting sick, there's no way to prepare for that. Riley Reef, I know, has been underwhelming, but getting hurt uh, in the last preseason game and a freak injury, he'd be better than what they're putting out there right now. And and, and at least he could try to play guard for you. And you know, it's he's a freak injury in a preseason game. Connor McDermott, you know, didn't play well, and then he also got hurt. What are you supposed to do when every single player you sign gets hurt? Right. Uh, by the way, th- this is not happening. This right here is not happening. I, I don't ever want to see that crap in, in the in the chat. Like, cut that crap out, please. Okay? Uh, get that crap out of here. All right? We're not doing that. Okay? Thank you. You know, but but look, my, my thing about it for, for the Patriots, and look, Back in 2020, they were sitting at 23. And there were reports that the Patriots wanted Justin Jefferson. That was their guy. He gets taken 22 at Minnesota. And so what are you going to do? So they trade out and they end up with Kyle Duggar. You know, like that's fine. You know what I mean? But that's that's the stuff for me where it's like those sometimes those things happen. It just – that's the way it is. Like it just – sometimes those things happen. And look, yeah. maybe the problem is Bill Belichick. Maybe all of you in the comment section are right. And the problem is Bill Belichick. And we'll find out. 
We'll find out. I think you're going to find out this weekend because if the if this team – look, the Cowboys played one of the worst games you will ever see last weekend against the tanking Arizona Cardinals, okay, who the Niners curb stomped this week. The Cardinals are terrible, and the Cowboys couldn't do anything. They couldn't run. They couldn't pass. Dak was terrible. Their defense was terrible. They had an, They were awful. One of the worst games you'll ever see. They came out this week on fire, ready to go, locked in, and killed the Patriots. So let's see what happens next week. If the Patriots come in and they start the game the way they started this game, and they're not focused, and they're not into it, and they're not flying around, then I'm going to have some serious – we're going to have some serious questions after that game. But if they come out and they, and they – Stomp the the uh, the Saints. Like, what do you want? What do you want them to do? Yep. No, and that's I. I this is a big bounce back week for this team. Um, it's just you need to you need to bounce back mentally. You need to throw this game out. Figure out how to make this work. And you know what's the what's the shirts that they had. Um, no one's coming or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, like that's these are the guys that got in the building and guys are getting hurt, but next man up, figure out a way to just win the next game and go from there. Yeah. That's that's really all you can do right now. The way the schedule lines up for them, they can get remotely healthy. This isn't over. They can get back into this, they can get into the playoffs. It's gonna require guys playing better than they did today. This is better than what we saw today. How much better? I don't think we really know. And that's what the next few weeks are going to be. You know, really the next two weeks are going to be about finding out before you get Buffalo at home. And, uh, you know, that could be a really ugly game depending on what team shows up. But defense shows up and guys are healthy and you figure something out. That could also be a statement game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough. And look, everyone's upset. I don't blame you. I'm upset. We're all upset. This isn't what we wanted. This isn't what we were like. It's bad. It's bad. There's no way around that, right? And everyone's responsible. Everybody's responsible. Bill Belichick, In, including you, Pat. Yeah, me too. I'll take some of the blame. Why not? But like, but really, everyone's responsible. You look at the scouts. You look at Bill Belichick. You look at Mac Jones. You look at the defense and the coaches and everyone. Every single person in that building is responsible for it, okay? The question is, how do they respond to that? A team that has a winning mentality, that is coached well, they're going to play bad games like this. You're going to, right? The question is, how do you respond? And if they don't respond, then it becomes, okay, all right, now it's an issue. And And if they continue to not respond, then I think at the end of the year, Kraft might say, look, man, this is it. Either this is it or Kraft says, look, you're not, you're no longer the GM. You can coach, but I'm giving the GM job to whomever, whoever it is, right? It doesn't matter who it is. I'm giving it to, to someone else, right? Because at the end of the day, that's the situation where you look at it and say like, you know, and, and by the way, I don't know how we can be – we can't be more critical of Bill Belichick right now. Like, I don't understand. You can't jump to fire Bill Belichick after the fourth week of the season. Like, what are we doing, dude? Stop it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, like foolish. that's foolish. 
Well, I just want to highlight, and I don't want to target a specific person. This is the comment I saw, so I'll pull it up here. Uh, the comment, and this is the sentiment I've seen from a lot of people, says we got to start holding Bill accountable. What does that entail? What does that look like? What does that mean? Because, you know, we're all fans here talking about this. We have no power to fire anybody. But Bill Belichick, a man with six Super Bowls in New England, has gotten serious amounts of criticism not just after every single loss, but even after wins when people don't like how it looks. The man gets held accountable in the press all the time. Other than that, I don't know what it what exactly that looks like. If somebody can outline that for me, I'd love it because um, like it's these things are complicated. It's not black and white. Bill Belichick has always been very good at his job and has done some very bad things recently that deserve criticism. Both of those can be true, and I don't think there's a clear-cut answer to what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's, and I've seen this sentiment a lot, so I'm sorry to, to Gregory for singling you out here because it isn't just you saying this, but, um, I don't know what holding him accountable looks like. And if we're saying we as fans, I really don't know what that looks like. And we're not ownership, so we can't fire him if that's what that does look like. Right. And and how can we possibly be more critical than, yes, he's the greatest coach of all time. Undisputed, undisputed. I know Don Shula might have something to say about that. He's dead. And also, like, he's butthurt at the Patriots because, you know, for some stupid thing. Because he was afraid Belichick was going to catch him. So instead of being gracious, he called him the Cheatriots. Like, let's get serious, okay? Let's get serious. So this is, like, we can we can look at this. And we can sit there and say, all right, fine, you know, he's this and he's that. And he doesn't do this and he doesn't. You know, like, I just, I'm sorry. I don't know what you want from him, right? Maybe he should be, maybe if he wears, like, uh, maybe if he wears, uh, um, what, glasses and smokes a vape on the sideline, you'd like him more. I don't know. right? I, I don't know. But, like, you know, it, it just it is what it is, man. It just, it just is, what is what it is. And I, I've seen people saying, you know, season's over and, you know, we're out of it. Team was one and three last year and finished one game out of the playoffs. Obviously, not the same scenario and not the same team. And we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think we have a little bit less faith in the quarterback than we did at this point last year. But a lot still to be decided at this point. And also see people talking about how they've had four horrible seasons here. I think that is kind of ridiculous. I mean, you win seven games in your first year post Brady with a. a free agent quarterback because it's a bridge year and you're trying to get out from under some contracts go to the playoffs the year after that you finish one game out of the playoffs the year after that and then we're four games into this season and we've decided it's already a horrible season i i think i think your standards for horrible are a lot a lot different than mine are and if you look through if you want to find out what horrible is go look at patriots history it started the year 2000 and work your way backwards you're going to find a lot that's worse than what we've seen the last three seasons and four weeks this is this is the problem right here's the problem all these people talking man are like 25 30 that's just like like me <laughs> bro it, it's just that that's one of them things man and snap time bro like you just don't come back man just don't come back we're good we're good just don't come back yeah, please. But, I didn't think we'd have to say this, but please no slurs in the chat. And, and it's not even that, bro. It's like, just be respectful. I don't understand why you can't just be respectful. But people are upset. I understand it. And I'm not saying everyone light engine. I appreciate you. But but what I'm saying is that y'all don't remember. Y'all weren't there, man. 
He weren't there, bro. I was there in 1992 when they went two and 14 with Scott Zolica starting starting a quarterback. Like, I I was there for that. I remember that. Now I was young, but I remember that. Right? I remember my dad, who's had season tickets since 1967, telling me stories about them getting a literal standing ovation for passing midfield in the second half. Like people were excited that they were in opponent's territory in the third quarter. So you talk about bad. They were historically bad. Pick whatever bad franchise you want, whether it's the Jets or the Buccaneers. Pick whoever you want. That Those are the Patriots. Those are the Patriots in the 60s and 70s and even sometimes in the 80s. It just – that's the way it is, man. Like, you know, and so we're so used to winning every year that we think this is what's normal, right? It's just not. It's not the, this. This is normal. Where this is where most NFL fans live, and it's. I, I'm. I'll put another comment here. I'm mad because I really want to see them win and do good. Same, and that's why we're. That's why we do this show. That's why we're frustrated too, yep. because we think the team should be doing better than this. But you look through NFL history, and most of the time, a team has. Well, first of all, no team has a 20-year window of winning like the New England Patriots had. But even the teams that have five, 10, 15-year windows. Things always come back down to earth, and to build it back up again is a very, very difficult thing to do that in a lot of cases has taken teams 5, 10, 15, 20 years to get back to that level. It's difficult. The fact that the Pats are already a team that has been competitive for the playoffs two years post-Brady and since um, is in its own right um, a remarkable thing because it's hard to rebuild without draft capital, and it's hard to rebuild when all of your assets retire and lose value, and you can't sell them off for future draft picks. Um, so, you know, it's, we all want them to win and do good. It's right. just, it's going to be a process here. It wasn't going to be this season. I think we're hoping for next season. And it's disappointing right now that if we get this Mac Jones, the rest of the way, it's not going to be next season. That is frustrating. And that is cause for concern, but we're, right. not, we're not there yet. Well, and let's, let's just, let's just talk about it. Right. Look at the Cowboys. Look at the 49ers. The teams that dominated in the 90s, how'd they do in the early 2000s? How'd they do in the 2010s? Not very good. Not very good because it's hard to maintain that success. And so those things happen. And look, I get it. I understand we're pissed. I'm pissed. You're pissed. We're all upset. Like, you know, we're not sitting here saying that, oh, well, there's got to be this and this and that. No, like, we understand. We feel the same way. Like, you can't keep losing this way. And so, like, I, and I know people are upset, and I get it, right? But like, let's take a let's take a step back, okay? Let's just take a step back and say like, whoa, okay? Let's just let's just chill for a bit, all right? And so that that's where I'm at right now. Listen, we're over an hour right now. We're there's nothing we can there's nothing we can do with the chat right now. All right. I know people are upset. I don't blame you. I hope that you, you got some of your frustration out here. Uh, we can take it. Listen, I'm, I, I teach eighth grade. I can take it. Say what, say whatever you want. I can take it. Okay. So <laughs> that's uh, a trooper. You know, you know I, 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 I don't tolerate, I don't tolerate, I, I don't tolerate negative speech and, and negative, you know, no respect in my classroom. And I don't, I don't tolerate it here. So beyond that, Say whatever you want to say. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get under my skin, okay? But let's just let's see what happens next week. Maybe Gonzalez is out. 
Judon, it looks like, is definitely going to be out. Hopefully, they can get one of the Joneses back. Right? We'll see. But, like, man, it, it's just that's really, that's really, really tough. That's really tough for me. And, and to look at that and say, you know, the Patriots, I, I don't know. I, I look at it and just say, like, give them some time. Let's see what happens. And again, at the end of the year, if it looks like this all year long or it looks like this multiple weeks throughout the year, then then I'm all right with it. I'm all right with moving on from 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 Bill Belichick because this is unacceptable. But it's one game. It's one game. And again, they lost 41 to 14 against the Chiefs and they won the Super Bowl that year. So like that's just and that, the, the, and that offensive line looked just as bad <laughs> through this many weeks, and they couldn't. I mean, they couldn't score against the Raiders. Remember that's we talk about that Chiefs game, but you remember in Week Three they played the Raiders and got down yeah, to the yeah. goal line and what couldn't yeah. scores. I think Brady got sacked. And they ran out of time or whatever it was before the half. Like they some serious stuff, and it's you know, I I think what gets lost here sometimes is that um, playing football like this. It looks a lot simpler on TV. It's very difficult, and it's a big time crunch to make these decisions. And even the teams that are the absolute best at it make mental errors uh, all over the place. I mean, some of the best Patriots teams of all time do that stuff. So it's hard, and it's these ma- these mental errors get magnified. But I think they can correct some of it, and hopefully, you know, going forward, we can see more competitive football on a weekly basis. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, anyways, that that's the way it goes. And so, look. I told you, I'm out on Mac Jones. I'm out. I'm all set. That doesn't mean they can't be, you know, semi-competitive this year. But I'm telling you right now, I don't think he's the quarterback of the future. I think I'm all set. So, you know, there we go. All right? If Bill Belichick can't right the ship and at least get the guys playing hard and competitive, then maybe he needs to go too, right? But I'm a long way... I'm giving Bill Belichick a hell of a lot more rope than I am Mac Jones, and I think if you're not, you're being dumb. So, you know, no. the way it goes. I think, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. All right, this is the show. We'll see you uh, Wednesday. Is that the plan? Wednesday night. Yep, Wednesday night. We'll be back. Uh, you can come and uh, <laughs> and be upset again Wednesday night. Well, and um, hopefully by Wednesday we'll have some injury updates on some of these guys. Yeah, uh, hopefully that'll be the first day of practice back. So hopefully we'll at least find out if anybody is returning for this week. We got guys back at practice. Who's so Jack Jones, Tyquan Thornton, Riley Reef, I believe, are the three eligible to come off of IR on Wednesday. Yes, and we haven't heard any updates on Reef. I don't, I don't know what was going on there, but Thornton and Jack Jones seem possible, if not likely, to be back on Wednesday. Yeah, based on what they've said. On social media, it sounds sounds almost uh, sounds almost like a, a foregone conclusion that they'll be back. At least Taekwon. Jack, they said they had said two months at one point, so I don't know if his recovery time is better, but uh, he yeah. said as soon as possible. So yeah. Uh, by the way, before we go, I, I just I forgot to mention this, but Tim Wakefield, obviously huge loss. Uh, you know, just a guy that embraced Boston, that was loved and, and absolutely beloved here. Um, you know, just an, an awful loss, really, for the for the whole Boston community. Um, it really sucks. So, thoughts go out to to his family, and and uh, you know, it's just it's it's tough. And he's only 50, 49? 57 years 57. old. Fifty seven. That's what I thought. Was fifty seven. So, yeah, awful, awful. I mean, I watched him growing up. 
absolute legend. Um, awful for this to happen. Awful for this to happen, you know, the way it has to and the way things have unfolded there. So uh, wishing the best to yep. that family. Um, and, you know, all the all, they got a lot of family in, in yep. Boston yep. with the Red Sox and that team, that organization. So I'm sure that family knows they got a lot of support, but this is a difficult situation to deal with. And, you know, you lose you lose a legend there, a Boston, a Boston icon. That's a kind of a definition of a folk hero there with Tim Wakefield and what he had done and, and meant to the Red Sox. hundred percent, hundred percent. And he was he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable for the team, but he was also a team guy and he was so ingrained in the community. And so, of course, it's it's sad to lose him to brain cancer. But uh, like you say, we'll send our best wishes to, to his family and uh, and his friends. So. Anyways, all right, that uh, that does it for our show. We'll, we'll see you on Wednesday, and hopefully we'll have some clarity on some things, and maybe we'll be a little bit less upset too.